Hey guys and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today's episode is the first episode of 2022 and I am delighted to announce that it is a Coach's Corner. I know the response to the Coach's Corner episodes have been absolutely amazing and I think I was blown away when we first started doing them. We were doing them because we wanted to have a chat and then we just decided to press record. So today's episode is Coach's Corner volume 28. So this episode is really, really helpful and going to be very, very beneficial for anyone that is looking to start to to go on a journey, whatever that journey may look like uh, for them in 2022. And we talk about an awful lot of things from how to lose weight starting in January, what not to do, which I think if you've listened to us a good bit, you should know what, what not to do and what to, what to do at this stage. We talk about New Year, New Me, is it absolutely BS, the mistakes that we've kind of made as well. And we talk about a, a whole range of different topics and where most go wrong is another one that we talk about how to avoid these and we also kind of have a little bit of a more of a ramble a little bit more tangent so before i go into anything we are opening up uh client spaces for 2022 we didn't really take on any clients in december because we felt that we kind of just wanted to help uh those who we have currently to kind of manage christmas and then kind of help people going with 2022 so if you're serious about kind of looking at your goal and you're not looking for a quick fix then we are the coaches for you. So if you're interested, pop me a DM at, at Shane Walsh Fitness or go on to www.shanewalshfitness.com or else we have the option of, we've limited spaces for the nutrition clinic that we offer, which is uh, paying for a one-off consultation where you outline what you want to do or what you're struggling with, whether it be hormonal issues, IBS, PCOS, HA, uh, perimenopause, menopause, thyroid, whatever it may be. And we will we will be able to have an hour long conversation and we can figure out on how to guide you in the right direction that wherever you want to go. So if either of those interest you and you want it and you're serious about kind of looking at kind of going the direction you want to go and you want to kind of do a little bit of work with ourselves, please do contact us. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy the first episode of 2022. I hope you had an amazing new year and I hope you have had an amazing Christmas. So here you go. Have a, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh podcast. So today is the first episode of 2022 and it's Coach's Corner volume 28, I think. And it's the first one in a while since Dallas has come on. I think it's the first one in maybe like two or three months, Dallas, since you've come on. So how are we? I'm just, I'm just not loved anymore, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of uh, going to therapy to fix this and trying to work on our kind of uh, dynamic and uh, hopefully it sorts itself out for 2022. <laughs> Ah, we're doing good. Can't go blow. How are you, Jane? Hi, I'm good. Happy New Year, everyone. <laughs> Guys, we're recording this in November, so it's a little bit weird. <laughs> we're way ahead of schedule here. Uh, it just means that we don't have to work during Christmas, and that's why we're so prepared. Um, so today's episode is going to be, I know I've done other episodes on New Year, Me, all that kind of stuff before, and, and I think Brian Keane was one of the episodes maybe a year and a half ago or two years ago, maybe. Um, with kind of like what not to do in January. But this is going to be a little bit different because we have stats a little bit more kind of in-depth. So the first question that we're going to do is that a lot of people try to lose weight. Yeah, comes the 1st of January. And this is kind of the first year, this first Christmas in two years, hopefully. Uh, we don't know at this stage if anything's going to change in Ireland with restrictions and stuff. But what are... What are the things to do and what not to do if you're looking to lose weight on the 1st of January? I'm going to let Jane take this first and then I'll let Dallas come back in because I need Dallas to calm down. <laughs> so 
don't go on Instagram or online whatsoever and look at any detox quick fixes because if your mindset is in that zone where you are in a mode you might be reactive or panic you may go for something like that and that's probably not going to serve you very well so I would say consider now like think about it now like look ahead for yourself instead of having a mindset of oh I'm going to lose a run of myself over Christmas and you know I'm going to start something in January maybe start now maybe consider ways that you can be more mindful at the moment you know it's You can approach Christmas and have your few days of indulgence, but still eat nourishing food, move, hydrate, rest, reframe it to be a period where, you know, you're just going to maintain and rest a little bit more and start considering it now to kind of prevent that reactive panic, because that's what happens in January. People set unrealistic goals that are just not sustainable. They're not aligned with their life. They're not aligned with their their intrinsic values, and they're going to be really difficult if not impossible to stick to because motivation is great having that like you know moment of yes I'm going to do something I'm going to make change that can be positive but you have to make the right changes for you and trying to overhaul everything all at once and in a really reactive panic is not going to serve you well if it's not served you in the years past it's not going to serve you this year and you need to look back on years that have passed and kind of go all right, what have I done every January? Have I set these intentions? How many of them have I actually stuck to? How did I feel about that? And start considering your future self. It's kind of like, you know, what actions do I need to undertake to get where I want to go? And then start with them. Start with building those habits that will, the habits that person you want to be might have within their life and take them one by one and let them align. Set yourself goals steadily set yourself goals that are achievable and sustainable like you're not going to have blown shit up over Christmas and things aren't going to have fallen apart in in a month so you don't need to try and fix anything or fix you within a few weeks consider the year ahead and make I think just make smaller changes more real set more realistic goals don't be tempted by the promises of quick fat loss, detoxes, all these things that are going to make the, make everything better, make you feel better. They're not, you know, just really, really consider the bigger picture here. What are you changing? What What is it that you really want to achieve? And consider it like more objectively. Think about if a friend came to you and asked your advice, what would you tell them to do in January? If they told you, I'm going to train seven days a week and I'm going to go on this juice detox and I'm going to, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to lose 10 pounds in five days and my life is going to be so much better automatically and everything's going to be better forever. You would talk them down and that's really exaggerated, but that's what that fear can sometimes instill in people moving into January. Dallas? I think Jane sums it up quite uh, quite eloquently there. Um, I would say don't uh, do any crazy form of exercise to try and compensate or get into it. There is no issue with, say, wanting to start running. Start small, build it up. No, no issue with saying something like CrossFit, whatever your endurance or whatever exercise you want to do, realize that take your time. The best form of advice would always be longer, slower, and it's going to get you the better results. So it's like sex. I was just, I was like, it's like I concur. 
that is the way. It depends if it's too slow now, but we've got to say now, you know, if it's like, you know, one thrust and you have to wait another 20 minutes before you get another one, I think that's a bit too slow. I love it. Everyone's just like... Tumbleweed. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Poor Eve is all I'm saying. Uh, (laughs) We need to then uh, uh, kind of account for that aspect as well. It's recognizing that, you know, exercise is a wonderful thing to start a journey when it comes to January, but overdoing it on exercise is going to cause more problems in the long term. And especially the fact that there is wonderful adaptions that come with exercise, but you've also got to recognize one of the byproducts for a lot of people is an upregulation of hunger. You are effectively burning calories, which is wonderful. But if you happen to be a person that has a high hunger response, how do you think that's going to help you get into the shape or lose weight when you've decided you're going to smash yourself for three, four hours, and now you've got a hunger response that wants to get you back to that to replenish that fuel? You're most likely going to end up overdoing it. So it's like, don't go down that path either. It's kind of like doing the opposite of what you normally would do. What you tried every other year, and which is probably go out hell for leather, feast or famine, and haven't done a whole lot for potentially the last three or four months of 2021 or else haven't done a whole lot in 2021 and then kind of going, well, I'm going to the gym seven times, then won't be able to walk after your first leg day or first couple of sessions. The thing is, like, if you're dead on my fitness pal, go and listen to the my fitness pal episodes. It's not for everyone. It's it's a great tool, but it's it's uh, you wouldn't use a hammer to fix a light bulb. So it's it's it, in the right hand is a great tool, but don't enter two pounds of weight loss into my fitness pal and get on twelve hundred calories. Yes, twelve hundred calories is a point in in and place for some people, but the majority of people that listen to this and the majority of people that we we try to educate as clients are not in a position to go on twelve hundred calories. Probably moderation is where most people kind of need to look at. It's kind of like find that balance of like, well, restriction hasn't worked overindulgence hasn't worked so trying to find the happy medium between the two and trying to go right three days a week each month is probably better uh, for you rather than trying to go for seven and never training again aim for three sessions in your first week don't go half or leather ease off uh, just kind of go like 60-70% of what you normally will be doing if you haven't gone to the gym over Christmas so be it if you feel guilty you need to ask yourself well what have you done wrong you haven't done anything wrong you've had the first Christmas potentially with your family in two years people have flown in all over the world to come in hopefully um like majority of the water like majority of the weight that's probably been put on is water weight or a little bit of bloating and as soon as you reduce that food again it's going to kind of go down jane you put up an amazing post on the 24th of the 11th about staying off the scales and i think this has to be said i did i would have it's like if you are afraid of christmas weight gain then don't weigh yourself you know, if that fear is there and you're concerned about it and it's the post is really about like the education side of it, understanding that weight has a place like calorie tracking has a place. But it also can be really the biggest saboteur of your goals because it just dictates how you react, restrict and decisions that you make and how you feel about yourself. And if you have a, an emotional response to how you weigh and it's a negative emotional response then don't weigh yourself. It is not the only way to check your progress. There, like it's not the only way physically or emotionally to check your progress. Like have a think about progress, like fitness, strength, libido, mood, all of these things are going to be impacted. Weight won't tell you shit about any of them. And then even your aesthetically, your progress, if you want to keep track of that, clothes, photographs, tape measures are going to give you a more much better indication of what's going on 
overweight. Weight can be, it is so easily influenced by so many other factors that are completely unrelated to fat gain or loss. You know, hormones, water retention, glycogen, muscle gain. You haven't gone to the bathroom that day. Like, you know, all of these things are going to influence it and stress has such an impact on all those things too. So you're getting yourself caught up, stressed out about your weight. You weigh yourself, your weight's up. Your weight equals failure is the automatic response in your mind. And unfortunately, no matter how much practitioners like ourselves are educating and putting the word out, there's been so many years of social conditioning and media dictating to us that weight defines everything when it comes to physical progress you know it's going to take a while to shake that and it's okay that you feel that way now but you need to support yourself in breaking away from that feeling you know so that becomes more and more fleeting so you can check in with yourself and recognize that it's not a fact it's not a definition of your progress there are so many other things going on and particularly at christmas um when it is a time of making memories, think about it, it's January now. As Shane had said, it's like you've just had this wonderful period with family and friends. Don't sully the memories worrying about this arbitrary number that means really means nothing. It doesn't, you can't weigh your experiences, you know? You can't give them a number. They don't have a numeric value. If they did, it'd be like 11 out of 10 because they're just invaluable. They're amazing, you know? And that's what weighing yourself early January it's going to be most likely for a lot of people up, but it's going to be water weight. It's going to be, you know, food volume, changes in food. Your digestion might be off. You might be a little more bloated from our alcohol, but it will not be any significant fat gain. You know, realistically think like you'd have to eat something like 10,000 calories over your needs to gain like three pounds in weight, you know, of, of fat. And that would be in like a perfect scenario where you're not moving, you know, digestion's not working well, all these different things. It's that's like that is kind of a way to look at it. Realistically, if you step on the scales after two days and you've gone up by two, two kg or like, you know, four pounds, it's physiologically impossible unless you literally sat there nonstop eating with like a funnel in your mouth with like lard being poured down it it's just not gonna happen I'm sorry for that really disgusting I love that I love that to ask that's like... <laughs> but it's realistically that's what would have to be happening you know and it's okay that you feel that way I understand why I was like it's expected it happens to me it happened to me it's why I don't weight check as I said in that post is because I know that no matter how much education I have, there's that fleeting moment for me. And when it's a period in my life where I'm focused on health, getting stronger, fitter, gaining muscle, which is important to me. I freaking love the feeling of being strong and fit. I would not let weight define that for me. So instead of, you know, you know, like weighing myself and just kind of setting myself up to have that fleeting thoughts I just remove it and I look at other things and that's what I advise people to do it's like I said in that post as well you know in nutrition we sometimes say change your environment to support you while you build better habits when you're like you know finding it hard to break certain trigger foods or snacking on you know foods that are quite high calorie change your environment and don't have them in your immediate environment in your workspace you know have stuff that's portioned, have fruit and stuff available. Do the same with the weighing scales. If the weighing scale is negatively impacting how you react and approach your fitness or nutrition, 
then remove it, remove it, keep it out of the equation, you know, and break, break that attachment with it. Give yourself the chance to do it another way. Yeah, I think the the, the scales is going to be the big one. That's kind of like, well, someone, I know someone listening to this is going to step on the scales on the 1st of January and said, like, this is shit. But like, you have to ask yourself, are you just looking for justification or validation that you had a good Christmas or are you looking for validation that you need to kind of sort your shit out? And that's the big thing that a lot of people are going to step on the scales on the 1st of January and say, right, because the scale's gone up, I've been bad or the guilt is going to come in. And you're looking for something to tell you you've done something wrong rather than saying, right, look what I've done. I've had time with my family. I've had time with people that I've, I love. You've probably had rows over stupid board games and stuff. You're, that's what family and Christmas is about, really. But if you're looking for validation from a piece of plastic on the floor to say that you've done something wrong, you need to look and say, why are you actually stepping on it? Because you're just kind of looking for confirmation bias of what you believe about yourself and putting it onto a projection onto a piece of plastic when that piece of plastic has nothing to do with like reality. It's literally your, it's measuring you with gravity at any point in one time. Like that's essentially what a scales is doing. At the scales impacting your mood already and you are going on it after Christmas, you're almost like pouring gasoline onto a fire and expecting not nothing to explode. It's like, you have to look and control the controllables because most people are stepping on the scales, trying to let that be the dictator of their control when you have zero control over it. I always compare the stock market to the weighing scales. It's going to go up and down. You have zero, you have zero control over it, but you have control over getting decent veggies in, decent fruit in, your regular meals, decent protein, getting some sleep, boundaries, and managing your stress so those are the things that a lot of people just forget they forget the unsexy stuff you don't need a skinny detox you don't need to do fucking kickbacks on a stairmaster or endless amounts of cardio to lose weight and that's the hardest part for people to hear is like well i've been sold this for so long but how look back at your results when you've bought that shit has it worked the answer is no so why do you keep going back and the perfect example is if someone's going to go to a certain slimmer club and it suits them continue going but if it's if you've kind of keep going back to these slimming clubs on the first of January and give up by the second of February, or I think it's like what the fifteenth of February is where most people kind of give up on their New Year's resolutions. So if you're giving up after six weeks, you need to change the process. You need to change what your output is. You need to change what you're actually doing. You can't keep giving up on yourself and expecting the results to happen. You have to look at the approach. Everyone can lose weight, and not everyone needs to lose weight, which is a big sentence to say as well. Uh, because some people listen to this are looking to gain weight and uh, are looking to put on muscle or gain cycles back or looking for fertility and stuff. So you have to look at from a point of view of you have to stop outsourcing your control. Control your actions, control the controllables, and I guarantee you will get better results rather than trying to only be, be dictated by a piece of plastic. If the scales is, is, is annoying you, please, please, please just fuck it out the window. I guarantee you'll feel so much release when you fuck it out the window. I would go one step further and say every single person who's listening to this would probably go and get Kirsten Neff's book on mindfulness, self-compassion and get the work. Brilliant book. Hey, listen, audio book, she has it as well and there's homeworks in it and I know I've got some of the clients to do the homework and the last homework on that in that book, the 10 things about appreciating yourself is yeah. one of the most uncomfortable pieces of homework people do not like doing. Dallas and I have done it on an episode each. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, yeah, that was fun. But, so we but, have uh, done it and it, it is difficult because it's most people will be like what they say is what other people's perceptions of them is it's what you have to like about you and that's where shit gets real 
Yeah, it's like, uh, and then what's first people's one? Um, I like that people like me. It's like that, that, that that's that's not one of them. I'm sorry to say, but just because people like you, it's not one of one. Like your mother, you know, your father, one of them is going to like you. Someone of your family is going to like you. It's like, don't come out with this. Actually spend time doing it. And the reason why I say it's a compulsory thing for everyone, because majority of people who are going to be stepping onto the scales don't have compassion for themselves. No. I'm like, we all can step on the scales and go, cool and walk away with the won't, won't affect us won't have a problem with us because we've been to the point we've done the work to understand that there's fluctuations but if you get to the point where you're contemplating to step onto that scale it's like that validation you're seeking is because there is no compassion for you in your life so it's like go and get the book work through it all and I can guarantee the time you get to the end of the book you're going to have a whole different outlook on your life but you need to be doing the homeworks as you go along in that book. There's no point in just listening to it or reading it and not actually doing what Kristen is saying. Yeah. Um, and it, it's 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 really, really important. I think where a lot of people also go wrong is they actually don't believe that they can go to their goal or get to their goal. They almost talk themselves out of it. It's like, well, I'm going to go half arse into this and I get half arse results. And you're kind of like, has that worked for you? Do you go half arse into work every single day and then expect to get promotion? My answer, and I hope not, is the answer. But what advice if you've got kids? Would would what would your 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 advice to your kids be? It's that whole thing of of like kind of um, talking to yourself, reparenting yourself. Like what advice would you give your kids? You get them to do their best. If they have, if it doesn't go right, get up and go again. If when you were a kid, at some stage when you were walking, you fell, but you got up again and went to go again. Life is about the shit times. Life is about the, the struggles and learning from those lessons. And you have to be able to say, like, if you don't believe yourself, you can do it. You need to look at what your proper why is. And I know the third or fourth why, when you ask about the five whys, is where most people struggle. They don't, they don't have a big enough why, and then they they kind of struggle. So if you have a, like a goal of weight loss, is why? Why do you want to lose weight? Feel more comfortable. Why do you want to feel more comfortable? Because I can get into clothes that kind of feel better and I feel sexier. Why do you want to feel more comfortable? Because then I can get into photos. Why do you want to get into photos so I can play around with my kids? Well, why do you want to get play around with your kids? Because I want to be around with them so when they have kids, there's your why. And that's been that that that's where most people's thing is. Their why is their kids, but they forget about it. And one of the things that I'm trying to work with my clients at the minute is. Is, is if they have kids and they're struggling for their why. Most people have their, their phones and they most have their photos of their kids on their phones. Look at your phone and look at the picture of those two, three kids or one kid, whatever you have. There's your why. Ask yourself, if you have a lot of weight to lose and you are having health issues and you're obese or whatever it may be, ask yourself, do you want to be around for them? And probably someone's going to get irked by what I've just said, but that's the point. I'm trying to trigger you. You don't, if you're happy enough where you are, you don't need to lose weight. Happy days. Oh, massive credit to you. You've done the inner work. But if you're looking to and you're struggling with your weight and you haven't got a why, look at your phone and there's your why. If you've got kids or a partner or whatever it may be, you want to be around for people around you if you, have, if you are considerably unhealthy um, with whatever it may be. Um, don't have kids though, as well. To consider that aspect. Well, you probably have, you, yeah, yeah, their yeah. as well. And consider, you know, their values, finding something that they can align that they're doing this for themselves, for their intrinsic values, for what's going to really work for them, for their health. That to contain sometimes with people, they look for something to trigger them. And I think that's something with weight as well that happens. Like I've had said to me in the past by people, it's like, oh, you know, if I see the weight and I've gained a lot of weight, that's going to motivate me to do more. 
but it's that side of like no good no positive change sustainable positive change ever comes from a negative place nope. and that's kick you're you're like sabotaging yourself from the get-go because nothing you're doing is out of love for yourself or out of doing something you know for yourself that's going to be positive it like you know that's going to make you feel worthy and enough it's all about braiding yourself you've done something bad you are a failure you've gained this weight so the only way to fix it is to lose that weight so there's nothing positive in that initiation of the process so yes being motivated is great finding something to motivate you but if that motivation is from a negative space it's not going to help you no losing weight won't solve shit it's still the same driver driving the car even it may just look a little bit smaller but it's still the same driver so it's not going to solve jack shit um like the difficulty you know it's like the whole choosing your heart kind of thing it's like people will jump into the quick fixes because everyone like looking at something like like you can suffer for a short period it's like all right if i do this really really fast and i suffer for a really short period of time i'm minimizing the pain and suffering i'm going to do it really quickly and then everything's going to be great and this is this is how our brain works sometimes i think like it's like let's do it quick let's hard and fast we can do this and one if you're either not going to be able to do it um, or sustain it or two you will but you won't know how to keep the results that you've gained and you did it from a negative space from the get-go so you've no compassion for yourself which is what the guys are talking about with Kristen Neff and working more on that side of things so you really give a shit about yourself and what happens and this will be a cycle again and again and this is what happens every single year and what if instead of doing the same thing repeatedly, 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 you chose your heart and looked at it and went, if I commit to a year of trying to make these positive changes in my life, just think of how I'm going to feel next year. I will not feel this shit. I will break a cycle that's gone on for five, 10, 15 years. Like your hard and fast has lasted five, 10, 15 years of the same thing and expecting the same results, you know? So what about committing one year to actually taking it slower, to actually building better habits, to actually making real change? Just really like, and that's, I think the biggest thing I say, it's like really choose your heart. Like this, we are all marketed hard and fast all the time, quick, easy, push it, all of this constantly. And that's there because it takes your money. You all, like we all pay for it. We go for this because it's shiny and, you know, sustainable isn't sexy. Us getting really healthy and compassionate and believing we are worthy doesn't make people a lot of money, you know, because that's like we won't buy the same shampoos. We won't buy the same makeup. We won't all go, you know, do the same beauty treatments, get these the same surgeries, do all these different things because we'll know we're enough. And I have nothing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with making changes Physically, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting fitter, stronger, healthier, but doing it from a place of feeling worthy all the way, I think is the most valuable thing. And that stuff takes time and it might take discomfort, but we thrive from this comfort as human beings. Psychologically, it builds resilience, you know, builds flexibility that's going to stand to us throughout to be able to work through those bits of discomfort and sit with it. And that was a bit of a rant. <laughs> no, but I, I think I think a lot of it's there. Is there anything you want to add, Dallas? Uh, not entirely. More of just a question. If you were a client that struggles with grit, perseverance, 
and self-compassion, how do you expect to take on a journey and lose weight and make your life better? I think I saw a post today from Daniel from Recalibrated Bodies. And this is something he was talking about his bodybuilding. He's got like, the kids are a little bit older now and he's kind of getting the goo to go back into competing. And I'm not com- telling everyone to compete, but he's kind of like, when a lot of people see someone who's competing or they see a certain type of body on mm-hmm. social media, they're like, oh, that, that person's got genetics, that person's got it easy. But Daniel's post kind of talk about, you don't see the grit, the, the 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 meal prep behind it the 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 determination to get up at 6 a.m with three or two two three screaming kids a business to run and loads of a house to pay for all the stress of having bills to pay for also they've been kind of in a different country away from their family for 17 18 months as well so there's a lot of different stressors and the grit to be able to do that is where a lot of people do fall because once things get a little bit tougher for ourselves that's where we kind of freak out. It's like, this is uncomfortable. I have to give up. This is what the brain tells me to do. But the brain isn't always the the, the best thing to ever listen to. I know it's a great thing to listen to when you don't want to run across into traffic, but it's sometimes not the best thing to listen to. Like you're, if you're pushing for that last second, third rep, or if you're doing a condition, conditioning session like Talos was doing earlier, I'm sure your brain told you to give up. You're like, what are you doing to me? But there has to be some sort of like, as Dallas has spoken about on a different episode of like grit is a huge determ- determinant or resilience, which Robin Honey Defoe spoke about. Um, like it's a huge part of it, but then people can kind of get um, kind of mixed up with the whole that that means I have to go restrictive to be able to bring those elements in. And that's the hard part for people to communicate. Exactly. It's remember like resilience, grit, and everything can be determined by your choices. It's not by the circumstance you put yourself in that is a predicator of building it. For instance, if you're doing long endurance stuff, you want to be better at doing long endurance, well, do longer endurance. That's all that's all it takes. But it's overcoming that. And that's that that aspect and recognizing that if you're gonna make a change in your life, it's not only the choices you're putting yourself into, the environment, your perseverance, but the ability to love yourself for what struggles you are going to go through. It's not going to be easy. And I think a lot of people always say that weight loss is easy. It is easier compared to so many other things. But you have to be upfront with what your scenario is currently happening or how it's working. If you have three kids and you happen to have a busy job and your husband is not coming home till 10, 11 o'clock in the evening, are you truly expected to go out and do an hour and a half cardio and still do a weight training session and still eat relatively low calories for what you're doing? No. And that's what Jamie was talking about. Take it slow. Take it the bit by one step at a time. But there's also got to be the resilience to it that even though that's going to be uncomfortable, you still have a choice to make. Are you going to stay the same or are you going to be different? And that's where the perseverance starts to come in when you make that choice. This is also where the kind of like the perfect time to do something or procrastination kind of comes in. The perfection v procrastination argument comes in of like, this is the perfect time to start dieting now. Or if I, do, if I don't go to the gym now, I'll definitely do it tomorrow. It's like, well, why aren't you going today? Obviously, if it's like half 10 at night and you haven't slept the night before because you've got a screaming child or whatever, maybe don't go. But if it's coming down to a possibility of like, you've got half an hour for yourself, a walk in the morning, the next morning, it could, could be beneficial going on your lunch. It's looking at your schedule and saying, well, what can I do? Most people don't actually look at their schedules. They let their schedules run now. And it's the hardest part. I did it for years. So that's why I'm talking about it from now. 
but Dallas, I, Jane, have stuff in our calendar. We know exactly what's going on. I know when I can annoy Dallas. It's great. I have a scheduled annoying time for Dallas in. It's great. <laughs> but it's kind of like most people don't have the boundaries are a massive issue for so many people. And it's difficult when kids get involved because kids are picking up random flus, all that kind of stuff. They're, they're kind of with school situations different. If you've homeschooled, like you deserve a medal. If you've got through 2020 and 2021 homeschooling, like you deserve a medal. And I think a lot of people don't have enough boundaries in place with kids. It's very difficult, but it's still the same time. It can be done. If the kids are going to bed at say seven or half seven and you're not going to bed until half 11, 12, there's enough hours in the day there to potentially either just go for a walk, meet up with a mate to go for a walk, whatever, maybe go for a 40 minute gym session or else just kind of sort out a few meals for yourself the next day. It doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. Pick your wins. Pick your wins. As Jane said, start small. Look at your big goal. What do you need to do every month or every week to get to your goal? So a perfect example is Dallas, right? Your goal is probably to get, you've got a holiday coming up or you've had a holiday when this is uh, going out. And in order to, you're probably trying to just kind of maintain at the minute or, are you, yeah. Oh, so yeah. In, in order to do that, what do you do for a weekly? What's your weekly plan look like for that? Uh, cardio is important to me. So I've got four cardio sessions a week. I've got five uh, weight training sessions a week. Progressive overload. Bad so example. <laughs> Sleep to the point I need to make sure that there's always eight hours sleep and when food is always going to be regulated in terms of breakfast is always the same every single day because I don't have to think when I wake up. I know the amount of caffeine I'm taking. I know in terms of when I'm having a meat-based product or when I have a fish-based product. But that's because I like to regulate that so I don't have to think and I can do things otherwise. Where in case of talking about me, where it's for her, breakfast is always the same. She likes her eggs on toast. Perfect. But lunch will change. For her, maintaining is pretty simple. It's just going for a walk and be more relaxed and dealing with stresses from work. And that's how maintenance works for different people. Do we track? No. Do I enjoy food? Yeah. I mean, freaking uh, just the, well, when this comes out, clearly it will be today, tomorrow, yesterday. But I was like, steak with some uh, Jack D barbecue sauce. Absolutely beautiful. But the difference is because I'm not how does it bent up on how things are looking? I'm just, hey, I feel good. Do I function correctly? Do I feel good? Is my blood pressure great? Cool. Everything's going well. That's perfect for how I prepped for holiday. So you've taken decision fatigue out of it by just doing the same thing. And most people have the same meals every single day. And it's the weekend where variety comes in and that's where the splurges happen. So Dallas right. knows he has his training sessions booked in. I'm sure it's Jane, you have the same because if you yeah. look at your schedule, you're training at roughly the same time each day. Yeah, I would train typically 7 a.m. Um, days there would be double, like some days I do 7 and 1. Like this week, I'd be doing that a little bit, mix of like cardio stuff and strength. I do CrossFit um, primarily. And then I would get out for walks when I can as well. Um, Meal-wise, Monday to Friday, very similar. Like I, I'm not tracking but I'm very consistent with the types of meals I go for. I like variety. I'd probably be more similar to the way Neve does it. I'd have the same breakfast. I'd have a snack before gym, the same kind of breakfast every morning. Me, it's like yogurt, berries, and toast with peanut butter. Um, and then I would, my lunches and dinner stick to a similar format, but there's always variety. So I would always have like a, a protein source. It could be a vegan protein, could be egg whites for like omelets and stuff, could be chicken, could be whatever. I, I, a variety of protein sources of meat 
vegetarian plant-based sources and I always have a shit ton of vegetables because I eat a lot of vegetables it's just I know it keeps my nutrients up it satisfies me fills me fiber levels are good I feel awesome when I eat loads of veggies so the feeling is what motivates me to keep that up and dinner would be similar it'd be meat and veg potatoes maybe something like that or it could be just a load of veg and like a stir fry or whatever very similar and then weekends a lot more flexible because I might eat out might order something you know, might just do movie night with some snacks and stuff like so a lot more flexibility, some wine, most likely some wine most weekends. <laughs> Let's be honest, the wine racks up there behind me. <laughs> but um, because you're there, wine rack. <laughs> For anyone who's just listening, I just displayed my my, my wine rack above my stash. Yeah, stash of wine. Um, but yeah, and like very, very similar. Like I know I'm active as my non-negotiables are like being active training. It makes me feel fantastic, even when it's difficult. It's like we're talking there about like making the choices. And I mentioned, you know, discomfort and building that psychological flexibility. When you're in the middle of a workout, when you're training a lot, like I would train quite hard. I like to push myself. Um, I always consider how I'm going to feel after that's the thing that I'm always pushing with. It's like what I eat, like I will eat mostly like high protein, loads of vegetables because it makes me feel awesome. And when, you know, you're having difficulties or like cognitive dissonance, like about like making those choices, consider the outcome. I had a client voice note me this week saying the very thing. It's kind of like, I can't believe how amazing I feel. If I could bottle this feeling of days like today. And what was different about that day for her was she had prepped her meals because she knew she had a busy day ahead. She got up early, jumped out of bed before, didn't scroll on her phone, which always distracted her, and went straight to the gym, got it done, finished the gym, had a banging session, was like, oh, my God, if I could bottle this feeling. And that's the feeling you have to remind yourself of when those habits that kind of knock you off. It's we're not going to feel motivated all the time. We're really not. But action inspires motivation sometimes. And taking an action that's positive that you know getting out of bed and not scrolling on your phone and going into a scroll hole. That might be the action that inspires more from it. And that's the thing is like when you are in so often in life, even when setting boundaries, discomfort will lead to a positive feeling, you know, that discomfort and facing something that's difficult, like saying no, none of us like to say no to certain people. It's hard. I know it's something I struggle with, you know, saying no, saying no, I can't go or I can't do that. You know, that's an uncomfortable thing that can lead to a great feeling. Think about it if you're like in a job or something and there's something that you don't want to do and you just say, actually, no, I can't take on that responsibility. You know, I've got other things to do. The feeling afterwards is amazing. Like you might feel a little guilt with certain things, but usually when you set your boundaries, you feel empowered afterwards. So your discomfort leads to empowerment and a positive feeling. And it's the same with your training and your nutrition. Sometimes, sometimes you're going to be tired and you need to rest, of course. But for the most part, if you're, trying to motivate yourself to go remind yourself of how you feel afterwards like manage expectations but remind yourself of that feeling afterwards because sometimes discomfort leads to fantastic rewards at the end of it discomfort leads to discovery Ooh, fancy (laughs) (laughs) for the people listening if you take away from what both of us have said in terms of prepping but it's also this routine, this structure, this choice has been made diligently over and over and over. 
And that's the biggest thing that gets us there. It's the consistency into the fact that we decided, right, I can plan all my meals out for one week. Perfect. Or I could just effectively work off a template, which is a decent amount of edge, you know, have some good protein and kind of make it simple like that. But it's if you look at any functioning high CEO or anyone like that that has to do a lot of information or do, do anything in that sense, it's there's a regiment that they follow for a very good reason. Tools of Titans. Exactly. If anyone's it's, ever read that book, it's it's, 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 it's the highest achieving people. You've got like The Rock, you've got Will Smith and all that kind of stuff. It's the Tim Ferriss book. He interviews the biggest names in the world. And every single one of those people has a routine. Every single one of those has a morning routine. Exactly. And they're at the reason that they're at the top of the game is because they have that decision fatigue. They're allowed to have their mental capacity for the things that are also going on or the other important things. Mark Zuckerberg wears the same outfit every single day. It's obviously not the same clothes, but it's the same outfit every single day. So he doesn't have to do that. He's like, it's laid out for him. He puts it out every day. Put your gym clothes on the end of your bed or any of your chair. So the first thing you see in the morning is rather than looking at your phone, which shouldn't be in your room anyway, is the the gym clothes are hanging up. So you put them on first thing in the morning. I guarantee you'll probably go out more often than not if your gym clothes are hanging up. Well, but that's it. It's like without routine, it's chaos. And this is what people want to live their life in, chaos. So it's like, well, if you're living your life in chaos, what do you expect to see in return? You know, you're going to have some good days, some days are going to be bad, but it's like start creating a routine. You start noticing the bad days start to disappear in the sense that you get so few of them where it's now actually just relying on discipline to get you through. And that's the key because you start feeling better. You start adjusting to these things. So it's like if you truly want to make it some form of change, it's like start bringing in routines, start bringing all these things in, and but keep it simple. As soon as you do that, build upon it. Exactly. And I think like, I think you guys have got your routines, but you haven't tried to do it all at once. Yeah. You've tried to do one thing at a time. And then once one thing's nailed, you move on to the next one, the lower hanging fruit, step-by-step -step approach. So if someone's looking to go on a weight loss journey or looking to set a certain goal, whatever element of their life they're looking to, but I'll use the losing weight example is, well, can you get more protein and start off with, can you get three regular meals of protein in to your day? Start off with that. Then start off with, can you get some daily exercise in or go for a walk and if you've got a week of your protein a week of getting a walk in on top of your protein well then happy days start off with the next one which could be uh potentially adding a little bit more fruit or veggies in and start working on that uh but they don't have to be in that order the other ones could be stress management it could be your sleep get more water in get in the gym session in ring in a friend some add those things to your life tick each off each one off so i think it's it's seinfeld has the calendar in front of him so the chain effect so i think every time he has achieved uh, uh his goal or his task for the day he marks it off on the calendar with an x and every single day has that done x x x and it looks like a chain effect so see how many concurrent days of what you set yourself out to do do you actually achieve hold yourself accountable so i know my calendar is up on my foot on my thing now and i have a, a, a kind of a my kind of my my vision board is beside me here and i can see how what i need to do to get to those things and that allows me to say right i take those off each week sit 10 minute meeting with yourself on a sunday what do i need to do to get to my goal whatever it may be it doesn't have to be fitness it can be finance it can be fun it can be the five f's that i've spoken about before it can be family if you're reassessing your goal for what you want to achieve by the end of 2022 is it a big family holiday is it that you want to lose three kg and keep that off 
that could be a huge thing for someone. Is it that you want to bring the kids to Disneyland or whatever it may be? Is it that you want to have a little bit more fun and have a date night every month with your with your partner? Something like that. And look at who else will your goal impact on if you don't achieve your goal? There could be a little bit of a driver and a little bit of trigger for you. If you don't achieve your goal, who else are you letting down? There's another way that you could look at, and that could be an emotional attachment because emotions drive a lot of us to, to do what we do, whether it's negative or positive in our lives. So bring an emotional attachment to what we're trying to do. The big caveat that I do have to say is none of us have kids. I suppose so, we're privileged in the lifestyles that we have and how we can approach yeah. a lot of this. And like we're professionals in the industry as well, you know? So like, yeah, so that caveat has to be put out there. Yeah. Um, but if you do have if you do have kids, there's a little bit more you're working off their routine, particularly if they're doing sports and stuff. But if someone's doing sports, one of the examples I use is one of the the women I was coaching during the summer. She was like, I'm starting to get my walk in the evenings. And she's like, Well, I'm bringing my daughter to to GAA training. I'm like, Well, is there is there is it an open park or is there a track around it with lights on? She was like, Yeah, I was like, Well, could you go for a walk while she's at training? And she's like, Never thought of it. So she started bringing her friends along and was more of a social outing. So she ticked two boxes, three boxes within an hour. And that was her set. And that, that made a massive change to her that she had that her time to her. And something so simple, like if you have a little bit more routine, um, and I know my mates who have kids and stuff like that, they have like a, a morning to themselves that one of the parents will look after all the kids and they swap it around on the Saturday and the Sunday in between the two. So they have their own time booked in. That's not always easily possible. The kids get sick. Kids just act the maggot sometimes as well. But it's about adapting to it. Do you have a plan B? Do you have a plan C? It's about not beating yourself up and having that self-compassion, which we alluded to to earlier. Um, You have to start from where you're at with these things, not compared to anyone else or where they're going with stuff. And I think the compassion side of things is huge because you don't need to nail it every single day. Like set like realistic goals that align with where you're at, with your values, your lifestyle. If you value going out and being social, be realistic about the goals that you're setting for yourself and don't try to remove that entirely from your life and try to do everything. Like be, I think being really compassionate with this is going to help you achieve it long-term and recognizing that it's consistency over time. You know, going, taking a weekend away, going on a date night and enjoying more food or drinks, doing these things is not going to impact your long term progress. Like it really isn't. It's not going to limit you. It could actually help you if you have these things throughout. If they are things that matter to you and are important to you, don't restrict them. Don't take them out. Embrace the fact that it's consistency over time. And if you don't tick a box one day, that doesn't mean you affect it. It's going to be about going right back, getting back to those non-negotiables that you're setting in place and recognizing the fact that the sustainability is what is going to make the big, big, big difference overall. This is looking at a year, two years, five years and what's going to happen and setting those non-negotiable healthier habits in place and building them in. The stuff that we're talking about, like with me, is like the veggies and the meat. And like, I like to make sure I get my training and, you know, I've got my protein and veg every day. They're kind of my non-negotiables in my meals. Most days, that's what happens. You know, this day, the weekends might not happen all the time. Every day, I might end up having going out and having a meal out. And that's the stuff. That's what sustainability is. It's recognizing that it's the most of the time stuff that matters, not the some of the time stuff. Stop beating yourself up over the some of the time stuff and focus on what you do with the most of the time stuff. Jane, more fire. 
Jane brought fire, but like perfect I example. Chocolate before this recording. Exactly, yeah, I was kind of like I thought, I thought I thought Jane had eaten before we came on. Um, like if someone has a job and like they have a bad day, they don't quit their job. They just kind of like readapt and kind of like they could be uncomfortable in their job. They could not like their job, which is a different thing. And if you're someone who has kind of said at the beginning of every year that I need to get a new job when you've never done it and you're in the job now five, 10, 15 years down the line, there's an element of fear. There's an element of discomfort. You don't necessarily want to leave. You just potentially there's there's just a certain elements of your job you don't like. We all have certain elements of our job we don't like. I hate doing the finance shit. It really destroys my soul. You know, uh, I don't like the finance stuff. <laughs> you know, Jane, Jane and finance don't go. So if you're looking for someone to look for finance <laughs> advice, don't go to Jane. <laughs> I can take that one on the chin. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, don't, don't go to Jane for finance. That's 2022 goal for everyone. <laughs> um, well, we're next... branching off into financial advisor. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, then the, the next kind of thing is in relation to kind of like the new year, new me thing. Um, because this is where a lot of people can get, kind of get caught up in. It's kind of like one of these marketing terms that like it's a hallmark card almost that people kind of tend to kind of like, oh, it's the 31st of December. So let me set a goal now that is going to be so unrealistic that I'm probably going to give up, but I'm going to say it anyway and never really ever attain what you're going to do. So I've got some stats. Ooh, right. Bring it. So. 26% of people who set New Year's resolutions on the 1st of January keep their resolutions until the end of the year. Health and fitness ones, health, fitness, and money are the three biggest ones that people go for. 53% of people go for health. 48% go for losing weight. So this is making sure that like people can go for money, losing weight. They can include different options um, along the way. 40% of women choose the health or losing weight goals on the 1st of January uh, compared to only 26% of men. But both sexes, only 26% of those actually keep their goals until the end of the year. So one in four are keep their goals until the end of the year. When we say one in four, are we saying effectively that they've kept the goals to the end of the year and succeeded in them or they've just kept it till that time and haven't given up? They've kept going with them. Okay, cool. Um, but success looks everything like looks different to every single person. I get that, but <laughs> I declined to you. Yeah. <laughs> You've been kind to Dallas. Um, but I think it's important to look at like if you if you're someone who has sat New Year's resolutions and you've never kept them. Like I think it's like the fourth around it's around Valentine's Day that most people give up anyway. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, there's the same by Dallas. I wouldn't. I don't hate on people trying to set a New Year's resolution, you know, or trying to do something. It's just choosing it wisely, you know. Choosing what it is. Exactly. I'm not going to become Michael Michael Jordan in like by the end of 2022. Plus, I need to grow about a foot. Don't make them drunk on New Year's Eve either. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Not on the set. I am going to run a marathon in two weeks. Amazing. And like if you do it and you survive it, fair play to you. But I think you need to look at like what is, as Jane has said, making it smart, measurable, achievable. What's the what's the or? It's so bad. Smart. What is it? 
realistic. Realistic and time. Yeah. My and bad. Time. My bad. <laughs> we, we all went to love it like, oh God. I've I've Where's changed smart? Smart. <laughs> I've literally had a stroke. SMRT. Smart. <laughs> um but I think when you're kind of like when you're picking your goal, you need to like have something realistic or else have so say if someone's kind of looking to save a certain amount of money by the end of the year, they need to like, well, are you checking in with yourself every quarter? What are you doing every week to get to that goal? And look at it that way. So if you're saying trying to save, I'm going to pick a rough number out of my head, you're looking to save 12,000 euro by the end of the year. So what you need to do is save a thousand euro every month in order to uh, get to that goal. But are you saving 250 quid a week in order to get to that goal? Or what are you doing? Because sometimes you may have may be able to save a little bit more, which may take the pressure off. Or there's other times where you may not have as much money and you may need to take the foot off the gas. It's the exact same with dieting. There's weeks that you're going to be full on. There's weeks that you're going to be able to take the foot off the gas a little bit. But it's what you do over time that is going to get to your goal. So compare it to a money goal. If you're saving for a mortgage, it's you don't get the first, you don't get your mortgage on the first uh, paycheck if you do fair back and play to him in the wrong game. Um <laughs> some of that <laughs> exactly yeah. so but you need what you do on average gets it like you probably have been saving for a mortgage for five six seven ten years or whatever it may be or even longer and that's got you to the mortgage but if you if you hadn't started saving from the off it's like a pension as well like most people won't most people in this generation won't have a pension they'll be on the state pension and jane's like well jane you're nearly you're nearly a pensionable age aren't you oh <laughs> ouch <laughs> Give him finance advice. <laughs> yeah, it will be by the time this comes out. Jesus. Yeah, true. Yeah, I'm you will actually. When this comes out. Yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah, you will. Jane, Jane has her her seventieth in about two weeks. Because <laughs> death becomes her, you know. I've taken a magic elixir. Exactly. Whatever Jane's having. Okay, that's something you should have. Come to me as a coach. Exactly, but I think. It's important to have buy-in from yourself, but it's important to set a realistic expectation. Like if you're expecting to lose six stone in six weeks or 14 pounds in 10 weeks or whatever it may be, it could be possible. You have to ask like, are you able to keep that off? Are you able to maintain that? You may not want to keep it off. It may be just for a holiday, mm-hmm. but it has to be like the scale weight shouldn't be the goal. It should be how you feel, how your clothes feel, how you actually can you are you more comfortable in yourself. Have you removed guilt from food? Are you able to actually go out and enjoy yourself with friends? Are you able to have chocolate every single day? Are you able to have carbs every single day with any guilt? They should be the kind of lower hanging fruit that most people forget about. They're like, no, scales isn't my only goal. It's like, yes, scales can be definitely be a goal. But for most people, it's controlling the outcome when you're letting go of the control. You're, you're 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 putting the outcome into someone else's into something else's hand an inanimate object I think, then, sorry sorry i was gonna say i think that's the big thing with the new year new me side of things that i have an issue with like the whole new year new me implies that there's something wrong with you and who you are and that's a problem it's like if you think that you are fundamentally bad wrong broken in need of fixing that means you don't feel like you're enough you don't feel like you're worthy of change. And that's the problem with new new year, new me. And while that sound may, may sound really weighty to talk about it that way, 
because it's just like a throwaway statement, but how we speak about ourselves and how we think matters, you know? And so if you're constantly telling yourself, new year, new me, it's new year, new me, and then you're not achieving what you're setting, saying it's new year, new me, it means that you're still you and you haven't achieved the goal you've set. So you're going to feel negative about yourself. You're going to be like, I'm not a new me. I'm still the same me and the same me is not enough. So instead of doing that, instead of thinking new year, new me, like, yes, change things, make change, new habits, you know, new mindset, new commitments, you know, you're going to make some new changes to your life because you are enough as you are and you are worthy of these changes that you're going to make to live a healthier, happier, more compassionate life to be fitter, to be stronger, to have a better libido, to make long-term sustainable change. That's the new you should be looking at, you know, a new attitude about yourself, a new way of viewing yourself. And like, that's the kind of new that we should be looking toward instead of new year, new me, you know, it's like new year, like the same me, but this me is worth so much more. And I recognize that now. And that's why I'm going to make change. I think that's kind of the reframe. I would think. I compare the new year new me to starting a diet on a Monday. 60% give up on a Wednesday. And then they expect to get the results. It's kind of like, no, you don't need to do start anything. It's about just putting, as we said, break it down to what you need to do on a weekly basis. Check in with yourself every month in order what you're doing. This can sound like a little bit more kind of like it's too many steps for people. I do get that. But the system that's potentially being operated by an awful lot of people right now isn't working for you. So trying something that could take a little bit more time at the beginning could probably give you the freedom for your life, freedom in whatever you want to do to have more time with kids, have more time with your family, have more energy, be able to do things that you enjoy, have more potentially a little bit more savings that you could go on holidays and and, and kind of reward yourself or treat yourself uh, as as you wish or whatever, whatever you value, you may not value travel or kind of spa days or spa weekends or whatever it may be. You could just value like, I'm going to get a car. I'm going to save for a mortgage or I don't know, bring the kids to Disneyland or whatever it could be. But a lot of people think like it's too, these, 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 this kind of pillar of kind of like starting or breaking it into smaller steps is it's, it's unsexy. It is unsexy. I'm not going to sell you anything but I'm also not going to sell you a quick fix. Like we're not the coaches for you if you're looking for a quick fix. So I'm probably talking myself out of money here, but I'm sorry, Jane and Dallas, I've just done it. Um, <laughs> uh, so like, I'm, I'm not yeah, here. I notice that you're talking out of money. I won't miss it. <laughs> exactly. Jane doesn't recognize it anyway. So fine. <laughs> money is money. Um, so you need to look at like if you're looking for a quick fix we're not the coach for you and if you're looking for a quick fix there are coaches out there that are very good at the job but it's making sure you have the support afterwards if you're doing your quick fix if you're literally just doing a six-week cut and you're losing i don't know four stone and then you're putting it back on that's not the solution for you yes you'll lose the weight or whatever but you're going to be miserable you're probably going to be sucking on celery eggs celery eggs celery's on eggs <laughs> Celery eggs. It's just a new celery diet eggs. I've created. I think I've lost the plot. Um, so it, you have to look at it from that point of view. Is there anything you want to add to us before we fin- want to finish up? Uh, just don't be an ass. <laughs> I think that's going to be the biggest thing. Don't be an ass to yourself and like you'll be surprised how far you can go. And if you have a problem doing a lot of steps and then it comes down to a question, you probably are unhappy in every other aspect of life because everything requires work. 
I'm just going to say it then. People are going to be like, oh, my God. And be like, it required work for you to learn how to walk. It required work for you to learn how to talk, eat, and do everything in life. If you're afraid of taking the long route, I guarantee you're not going to end up anywhere far because you are naturally going to come up to obstacles that you have no idea how to get around. And the beautiful saying from uh, obstacles away, the the impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. If you are going to walk up to the mountain and you're going to give up because it looks high, you're never going to conquer it. But if you take your time, one step at a time, you will get there. It's like same approach. Carry on. Don't be an ass. Happy New Year from Dallas. Jane, is there anything you want to add? I think we covered everything there. Um, cool. So, guys, if you are interested in coaching or you want to work with us, please do head over to the link in the in the bio uh, www.shamewashfitness.com uh, forward slash online coaching. If you haven't bought the book, buy the book. Um, genuinely, the audiobook should be out when this is coming out or roughly or roughly about it anyway um so if you want to learn how to kind of like about your hormonal health and all everything aspect of being a woman if you're a coach woman if you're even a man wants to understand their partner and what they're going through it's the book for you um and if someone's looking for coaching and they want to to kind of do a little bit more work than just kind of looking for a quick fix then we're the coaches for you if you want a quick fix we're not the coaches for you we also have the amazing uh, expansion happening with the nutrition clinic so if you're someone who has the likes of say endometriosis or pcos they're looking for or any other uh, hormonal issues or ibs issues or any just wants a little bit more tips on nutrition and what kind of roughly what to eat we're not going to tell you what to eat we're not going to give you a meal plan um so don't come to us if you're looking for a meal plan. Um, it's, it's a nutrition clinic. We, it's a consultation. and we, You fill in a form and you will be having an hour-long conversation with whichever coach um, that you wish, or the Jane or Dallas or myself, whichever the specialization is in. If it's thyroid, it will be Dallas. Um, if it's the likes of PCOS or kind of HA or something like that, it would probably be Jane or myself. Um, um, so if you want to kind of book in a consultation, the, there's a link on the nutrition clinic on shamewashfitness.com for that as well and yeah so we'll, we'll give you rough guidelines on what to do afterwards and a little bit of homework to do and you can kind of re- book in recurring teams if you want to do it that way but if you're looking for more hands-on the online coaching will be the best way so if you're looking to start 2022 with a goal in mind and you're willing to get a little bit more uncomfortable and set processes in place i probably talk myself out of a lot of money in that description i'm not gonna lie um so guys thank you so much for coming on uh so guys if you've enjoyed the episode please do tag us up on your story keep getting this podcast up 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 there's so many good episodes coming out in the next little while um and yeah so guys please keep continuing supporting us hope you enjoyed the book if you've bought it hope you enjoyed the episode thanks guys